What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Steve, the, one of the main dudes behind CanadianGameDevs.com. Joining me, as always, is one of the other main dudes, other also Steven. Hello. Or other Steven. We'll go with other Steven. You could Steven with an A. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's, Stephen. Pr- but it's pronounced the same way. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Or it should be. <laughs> Some people don't do it, though. I'm guessing, Some people don't. I'm guessing you get Stefan quite a bit. Quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have people asking me if it's Stefan. Like, if my name is Stefan. I'm like, And yours is E-N, so that's even... I know. But, yeah. the, well, the PH throws them off, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, this is episode 115. Brett is MIA, presumed alive and well, but we actually don't know because we didn't hear from him all day. So, Brett, wherever you are, I hope you're okay. But Hopefully. For all we know, he's he got that RV and he's just traveling... Uh, the Midwest or something, who knows? But we'll he uh, picked up a hitchhiker and got murdered. And we'll oh find God! Out about it in well, a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll just be like those two those two guys. Um, wow, what the hell were their names? There was a huge uh, search for them. Oh, the the manhunt. Yeah. No, they got them though, so well, they should de- be fine. Well, they found them. They died. Yeah. Well, they're. I think they killed themselves though, and then they found their bodies. They were recovered, so hopefully they're not a threat to Brett anymore, unless they're zombies. Oh my God. Uh, speaking of zombies, actually, we can talk about the games we've been playing. But before we do that, we should probably just talk about the you know things we want to hype up. These are events or anything in particular that doesn't have to do with CanadianGameDoes.com or anything like that. But Steven, is there anything in particular you want to kind of give a shout out to? There is. So I've been saying it every week, but Halcon, Halifax's Comic Con, it's coming up in October. So get tickets. Game Dev Atlantic is our first uh, sort of game development little conference here. And that uh, it sounds fun. I'm going to be there, and I think you should go too if you're in the Atlantic, the maritime region, with an interest in video games. And that's the day before Halifax Comic Con on uh, uh, October 24th. There you go. I had to look that up. And then, uh, com- and then Comic Con, or it's HalCon, of course, because they can't just say Comic Con anymore, is the 25th to the 27th. And just today I saw from uh, Dames Making Games, which is a a sort of game development uh, group in Toronto, uh, a non-profit DIY game arts organization for queer and femme folks in Toronto, is hosting Damage Camp, which is a one-day conference for Toronto's independence game community. Uh, I got to add this to the site, but I'll hype it up here. It's coming November 30th, 2019. So literally two months to when you're listening to this and uh they're doing workshops having talks um and it, it looks like it's a great day i uh friends with somebody at school who was pretty involved with dames making games and she highly recommends it so if you're in toronto and you're at all interested definitely check it out and a lot of people have a misconception that it's exclusively for women right but they are a very open community and they just like try to highlight people who don't normally get into the uh community and the development scene but it's not an exclusive thing so i would encourage everybody to check it out yeah yeah it's one of, it's one of those things uh gamma spaces like this too where they just support the sort of safe space um and it is open to everyone but like you said they do want to highlight a trans people uh cis women on binary etc like that's the that's their thing, but they don't exclusively like just cater to those uh, to those people or whatever. So uh, mm-hmm. I've met a lot of people from Dames Making Games. They're a good good group of people over there. Uh, I think I have a T-shirt somewhere buried in my uh, you know pile of other T-shirts. So um, they they do a lot of events. In fact, they have like a social 
uh, speaker thing like every month. Um, yeah, I was actually just going to say, looking at their site, <laughs> yeah. their next speaker social is Saturday, October 12th, uh, 5 to 7 p.m. at the Toronto Media Arts Centre, uh, 32 Lisgar Street in Toronto. So I'll add that to the site and the uh, conf- one-day conference to the site. But definitely check them out. You can find them on Twitter at DMG Toronto. And uh, yeah, check it out. That's all I got to hype up. You got anything, Steve? Uh, I just want to give another shout out to EGLX. That's coming up in October. Uh, oh man, I should really know the date by now. I was it's just... the weekend before Halcon. It's the 18th to the 20th. There you go. Um, and we will be there unless you know my kid is born like right then. <laughs> but I've already uh, have gotten permission from my wife that if you know if. I can, you know, if the baby is born just before, or like before, and she's kind of doing okay, then then I can go. Um, so I will, I, I do plan on being there at least for the Saturday. Um, might not make it for the Friday or the Sunday, but uh, Canadian Game Days will be there. Um, you know, just doing the same thing that I did at the last EGLX, which is, you know, I had a TV with a PS4 uh, for people to play games and people to kind of just meet and greet, buy some swag if they so choose, um, and just kind of, you know, see the show floor and stuff like that. I always have a good time at EGLX. This is like the fourth one or fifth one that I think they've had since I've been doing the site that I've been to. That sounds about right. I've only been to one uh, two years ago, and I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so I got to meet all the Cuphead people. It was cool. Oh, that is... <laughs> it's it's much bigger... The only time that I'm really into esports is at EGLX, because they Me have too. the giant screens with Smash Brothers and stuff, and I always learn quite a bit. Like, last... Uh, not the last one, the one before that, I gave a talk, or I was part of, like, a panel. And so I got, you know, invited to the back room or whatever with, like, a bunch of people, and so these I was just talking to these Smash Bro nerds who were just very much into it and they're part of the esports scene i was just asking them probably to them the stupidest questions ever like why they use like old tvs for smash brothers melee and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and they they were very kind to kind of just educate me a little bit because i was just like why don't people play the wii u one um or the wii one anymore and they just said like you know melee is kind of a special high hy- like hybrid of what it is and and you know he the guy said once the switch version's out they would probably abandon the wii u one or whatever so um, accurate yeah <laughs> and so uh you know I, although i'm not a big smash person myself uh i really did thoroughly enjoy like watching those esports things because it is quite exciting it's part of being in the crowd you know you just get hyped being in a giant crowd no matter what it is you just get hyped up it's true that's a like i was watching games when i went that i don't even play like hearthstone apparently so it's a, it was part of the official uh, circuit or whatever when i was there so that was like this people placing at EGLX actually went on to like international Hearthstone competition, so it was like oh, a big deal. Yeah, I, so think... I was watching that, and I had I've never played Hearthstone. Like I understand the basics, but watching people get hyped of like placing a card and everyone was losing their mind, it didn't make sense to me. But that's okay because it was still cool. If you, I think one of the most famous kind of esports moments was that fight in street. It was like a Street Fighter three fight where someone blocked like a spe- had a sliver of health and like blocked a, um like a special I'm, I'm butchering i don't know if you know the thing i'm talking about this was like i think i do ago. yeah and that's like that's how intense the crowd can get even just like at the end of a match and stuff so it's always just enjoyable like i went to a rugby game uh last weekend and even though i've never watched rugby i'm a, still a big sports guy like i love football and hockey and baseball and basketball but Never watched hockey, or sorry, I never watched rugby before, and but being a part of the crowd, it just got me into it. So, 
even if esports isn't your thing, Ejux has a lot of non esports things, but mm-hmm. you know their primary focus is esports. They got a lot of indie devs there. You'll be able to kind of play a lot of games. They have VR booths, uh, things like that. So it's definitely a good time. I do, you know, ninety percent sure I will be there. Um, or there might just be an empty Canadian game devs booth in case uh, you know Heather gives birth at kind of the awkward time. I'm sure, you, I'm sure we could recruit somebody. We could like, hey, do you want a free pass to EJLX? You can sit at our booth and hang out. If you want to pay for it 100%, you're welcome to fly over here and, and go. Mm, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I bet we could recruit somebody local to do that. That's EJLX true. is fun. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have a, a hard time getting somebody to go. Devin, where are you at? Devin, this is... Devin! Devin. I'm just going to... Know. I like how we both know Devin, because... I met him at I met him at EGLX when I went two years ago. That's where I oh, really? first met him. He yeah. was Devin was not including Brett because uh, Brett and Danks we did the podcast. But Brett or sorry Devin was the first person to do content for the site. He did reviews way back in the day. That's legend. And you could still if you if you can figure out the URLs, you could still find those those reviews as well. You might even be able to find them on Google uh, if you know what they are. Here, hold on. Let me actually uh, see if I can. I know because when you announced that I was. Uh, joining you on this partnership he was one of the first people to probably was like oh steven seems like a great fit and i was like that is all the validation i needed thank <laughs> you devin i appreciate that there are still there, so i found my old review i'm not going to name you can you can google them if you can if you can i'm sure if you actually hold on let's see if seo is doing what it should be doing because if you just search game devs canadian game devs.com or canadian game devs reviews what comes up yeah, damn it, it comes up. <laughs> so you can find the old reviews there if you really need to. Um, I think that's all I really gotta really gotta say. I think we could just go into news time. News number one: Worse than Death coming to consoles and PC just in time for Halloween on October eighth. Uh, this is the next game from Benjamin Rivers. It actually is already out on iOS uh, and maybe Android, but I think just on iOS. Uh, that was released on July. I think it was on Canada Day they released it. Um, if you're not familiar with Benjamin Rivers, I've been a fan, big fan of his ever since the beginning, but uh, he released Home and uh, Alone With You uh, a couple years ago, and basically they're, uh, they're kind of like 2D, um, you know, sprite, story-based adventure games. So this next one, Worse Than Death, uh, is this third game. Run for your life, hide in the shadows, and use your wits to avoid shadowy creatures and uncover the terrible truths of your wretched hometown. Solve devious puzzles to reveal the emotionally charged story of Holly and her friends that will have you hooked until the very end. I think it's. Uh, I think you kind of go back for your um, your high school reunion, and that's how the game kind of opens up a little bit. So, ooh, very excited to, to play this. Um, I was tempted to get it on iOS, but as as with anything that kind of gets released on one platform and then announced for PS4 at the same time, I just usually wait for the PS4 version. Um, but it'll be on Switch. It'll be on Humble store, uh, PC and whatnot, so you can check it out. There's a trailer on the site, and uh, Bender Rivers is a good guy. I, re- I interviewed him quite a while ago too. So if you're really keen, you can uh, you can find that interview uh, about a, two years ago, I think, um, where we just kind of talked about his history and stuff like that. It was before Worse Than Death was announced, though, so it's a little bit older. But uh, Stephen, will you be picking up Worse Than Death? Uh, I I think so. I'm interested, and it, it looks like the kind of game I would enjoy. <laughs> and I do prefer playing games on consoles rather than mobile, so that is a big sell. And October 8th, fun story, day after my birthday. So maybe this is just a little happy birthday to me present. Oh, there you go. Actually, yeah. uh, I, I should have done this at the top. Um, Patreon.com slash Canadian Game Devs. 
Nope. Page, yeah, patreon.com slash Canadian Green Nose. I messed up the thing. Uh, you can support us there. You get this podcast early. Uh, I kind of mentioned this because I'm just going to play the play the reach do a reach here. But my birthday is tomorrow, and Stephen's oh, birthday man. is on the seventh. So if you so want to give us a birthday, perfect. exactly. If you want to give us a birthday present, um, you can become a patron. But even if you can't, that's fine. We do uh, appreciate if you can review this on the podcast services of your choice. I think it's on Google, it's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, and it might just be in various other places. Share it with your friends and family, and uh, just check out CanadianGameDevs.com. So. It's again patreon.com slash Canadian Game Devs. Um, and that was, yeah, worse than death. I don't know. I, I always say to myself that I will pick up a game for my birthday. Um, but I kind of already, I might not, I already did that this weekend. And I'm not, you know, I, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about the games we've been playing. But worse than death, I will get it definitely eventually. Um, but I'm also weary about everything that's coming out in October because it's just getting right into the baby time. And I feel like, any, if I have any time to play a game, it'll just be trying to fill the backlog, and then I'll just eventually, when I get free time, which is sounds like it might be never, I'll just pick up a game on sale. That's my dog. Not about. never. It's <laughs> like fifteen to eighteen years. You'll have free time again. Can't wait to play Worse Than Death in twenty thirty five. Yeah. So next, a uh, couple new stories I wrote for the site. Uh, first up, uh, Wander Song developed by some Vancouver-based indies in Greg Labanov, I always mess that up, Gordon McGlattery and M. Halberstadt, uh, is a coming is coming physically from Limited Run Games. So if you don't know Limited Run, they like to make physical editions of often digital exclusive games. Uh, so that's going on sale. Pre-orders open October 11th, which means the game will probably come out four to six months after that. You'll get a copy in your mailbox. So, you know, it's not making discs and cartridges and boxes and cover art is hard so it takes a while but i've done it several times and i really like having physical copies especially for games i'm a big fan of and you know just want to want to preserve and then another way i justify to myself is i can lend it to people so a lot of friends when i got the firewatch collectors or um, physical edition a lot of my friends hadn't played firewatch i was like i can just give you the disc and you can go play it and they did and so i think that's really cool fun fun fact check that out Fun fact, I haven't played Firewatch yet. You haven't played Firewatch? Oh, I can, if, I, if we're ever in the same space and I have it with me, you can borrow it. It takes... Firewatch, so it takes, Firewatch is pretty good. It takes a few months. To, I didn't know that. So I've never done the physical release. I've, I've been tempted to quite a few times. I know uh, Gua, um, uh, Drinkbox Studios has done it for Severed and Guacamelee and things like that. I'm, I'm tempted, but I'm also very... Um, I, I, I'm... I'm I like to just get rid of stuff in my house. Uh, mm-hmm. I very often like once once every you know quarter. It's kind of weird to say it in, in terms of business, but <laughs> once a quarter, I just try to like remove a bunch of crap from my house. Um, and I feel like games are kind of fall into that. Like I, I'm very excited to just like when PS5 comes out to just go to EB Games, trade in all of my old shit, PS4 and PS4 games uh, for the PS5. So I'm not a big collector of stuff, but I've always been tempted. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know it took like you know so long. Two things about that: never trade in that EV games. Always do it on like Kijiji or something because you get more money. Yeah, but, but you know you, that's a. But if you trade towards a, a thing, it's actually usually not that bad. Like if you trade, it's it, not that bad, but you could always get more. But I guess it's also a time thing. Yeah, exactly. It you, takes a long time to sink that in. I'm selling stuff on eBay right now, and it's just like being a pain in the like. It's just a pain. I just don't want to do it. It's a convenience thing at EB Games, so I guess that makes sense. There you go. And uh, yeah, second to that point, I ordered the Celeste Collectors or uh, physical edition. I want to say, oh, geez, like either 
early this year or last year, and I still haven't got it yet because they announced that Chapter 9 DLC. Mm. And so to get it on the cart and disc physically, they delayed it to have the complete uh, copy shipped. Because the goal of the one of the goals of Limited Run is to like preserve yeah indie games like like if digital stores ever shut down and it's not installed on your console that game's just gone and right. you'd never you'd never be able to play it so if the update is required to access that content then you technically don't have a complete preservation of that game in like physical form so i've been waiting almost a year i think for celeste but that's okay because I, I like the idea of having it all on one that makes sense because there's even games that were just the rights are i mean this won't happen with the indie game but like you know marvel ultimate alliance um which was a game back on like the ps3 and xbox 360 days was ported to ps4 and xbox one and then removed uh from the stores like you can't buy it digitally anymore and i don't think it had a physical release either so they i don't think it did either i think they knew like okay we got this we got this thing for like a year let's just try to sell it as much as possible and then and then it'll just be gone so well, all um, the rock band and Guitar Hero stuff, because it's music rights, that gets... Oh, yeah, uh, that's true. That gets taken down quite frequently. On, um, and also, uh, the Scott Pilgrim game from Ubisoft, uh, they lost their rights to that, so the game disappeared off digital storefronts, and you just can't get anymore. And when Telltale closed, all the games disappeared. So yeah. if you didn't have it downloaded, you couldn't... You could, well, I think it was just taken out from sale. Like, if you still owned it, you could still download it. Yeah, because that's the thing with uh, with PT that that uh, uh, Silent Hill demo from playable teaser. Yes, it, uh, even if you had downloaded it in the past, you can't download it again. Like, I mm-hmm. deleted it off my system because I actually didn't think it was that great. I had no reason to keep it. I was just like, oh, whatever. Um, and then I, it's like it's gone. You can't like re-download it at all. Um, so yeah, this stuff does happen. I I'm surprised that they don't. I, I think maybe they're getting a little bit smarter, sim- similar to how streaming rights are kind of being worked into these like contracts and stuff like that. I think they're getting a little bit better with like, you know, not removing them from the store. But that Telltale thing is a good example, like you said, because they had all these licenses across different like ownerships, and they were all removed when Telltale like went went under. Um, I think it's only the Walking Dead ones are. Or back up just because that that part of the property was bought. Um, yeah, or was well, t- no. Telltale's uh, library got bought actually by the oh, did other company. Oh, so they're starting to, to put them back up. Yeah, but, but they wouldn't have the Walking Dead one, right? Because the the Walking Dead studio, I forget whatever they're called, Skybound. Skybound, yeah, uh, took them back, didn't they? Uh, so they worked on it, but the rights it's it's really complicated. If uh, yeah, all the Telltale games are slowly being because I think put the I think the Walking Dead. Like they bundled all those games together and re-released it's a collection. Them. Yeah, and I was very upset because it's all just one platinum. And I'm like, what the hell? There's like four games in here. <laughs> yeah. So it's twenty hours or more. Yeah, I I I really like those games. I still have to play the last one. The, the whatever the, whatever they called the last season. I don't know what they called it. Um, but I I like all those games. I was a big fan of The Wolf Among Us season one and Walking Dead season one and two. And I, I was kind of over the formula by the other ones. Tales from the Borderlands was pretty funny, but I was still kind of over it, and I just had trouble. They were milking The Walking Dead, in my opinion. Yeah, they were. Um, I I like the um, the Batman ones. They did. I like the first Batman season, but the but the Batman game really showed how shitty that 
that uh, the engine the engine was like it was, oh it was so bad and actually playing I played season two the only time I ever played Walking Dead season two was on Vita and oh Uh-oh. boy <laughs> that game was, that game was a pile of garbage on Vita but um, and it didn't have a platinum trophy which was annoying so what I liked those games but yeah their engine was just absolute trash and I mean we can go like we're a little late on talking about Telltale but I think that was just a huge mismanagement that whole like everything they're doing about that studio um just making all these games that were basically the same and just not working on their engine and then just they don't own like when they went under they didn't own anything like everything that they every game they made belonged to someone else technically like the the property did it's not like they had anything that was just theirs so Mm -hmm. anyways uh next story uh Hinterland Games, the indie game studio from, I think they're in Vancouver. Yeah, they were in Victoria and then they moved to Vancouver. Yeah. I'm I'm fuzzy on it. No, I think you're right. Uh, Have announced uh, the Long Dark's story mode, which is called Wintermute's third chapter, which is called uh, Crossroads Elegy, uh, is coming October 22nd. The, I, I scoured the blog post and I couldn't tell what platform, so I, I can only guarantee probably Steam is probably where the it'll come to first, but it's also available on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, and I don't know if it's coming to those the same date. Uh, I think since they didn't specify, I would assume it is, but right. um, could probably have checked more thoroughly, but uh, probably Steam for sure. And... They announced it on uh, in a blog post on Hinterland's website, and it's actually a really sweet blog post. It's written by game director Raphael Van Lierup, um, the game director, oh, I already said game director, on The Long Dark. And the blog post is called Five Years. And uh, he basically breaks down, uh, it starts with, five years is a long time to work on a single game. And it's a, it's a really interesting blog post I'd encourage everyone to go read. And he breaks down you know, his feelings having worked on the game for so long, what this next chapter means for us, uh, a couple other announcements like Time Capsule, which is a new Steam update where you can play every Steam build of the game since they launched in September 2014. Whoa. So that, that's interesting if you want to see the, the how far they've come. Uh, that's, a, that's really neat, actually. It is. I don't think I've seen a game done that. I've seen games redo the vanilla experience, like WoW just did that with WoW Classic. Yeah. But it's pretty cool, like, to check the progress of a game. I think people just go back to the first build and just see what it looks like, because that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just having that up there, it's just a free update. It's pretty cool. Um, and he also, it's a really interesting blog post. I'd recommend everyone go check it out. And he also shares a lot of statistics about the, the Long Dark in this cool infographic. I'm sure you've seen other studios do. But... Um, some of these I found really interesting. Uh, so the, he announces they've sold 3.3 million units uh, since launch. Uh, very impressive, especially for an indie game. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I had no idea. I'd, I've had people tell me about the, like the Lawn Dark. I've never... I, I feel like I don't know anyone talk about it online. I've only had people tell me like in person that it's mm-hmm. really good. Um, it's definitely on my to-do list. I'm actually going to add it to my wish list right now. But... Um, the average user rating on Steam is 91%, really? and Xbox, 4.3 out of 5 stars, PlayStation, 5, 4.5 out of 5 stars. The top 10 countries for players are USA, China, Russia, Germany, Canada. We're coming in fifth. Yeah, got to yeah. pick it up a bit. This is a hometown game, so we got to 
gotta support it. UK, Turkey, South Korea, France, and Australia. That's interesting. Um, it just shows what a big market China is, I think, that it beat a lot of what we consider traditional gaming markets. Yeah. Um, it's a billion people. Uh, it was my understanding that everyone just stole everything in China. Like, they just download, they just kind of, like... Uh, pirated it. They just pirated and they did. Everything. That's why they're working on getting actual, like, getting Steam and stuff working in there a lot better. Yeah. The, uh, there's one funny statistic. There's 100% survivor mortality because it's a, it's a survival game, so it only ends when you die for the survival mode. So that's, like, a, a f- sarcastic statistic. The uh, average playtime for the story mode is uh, 40 hours. There's average 100 hour for survival mode. Um, there's been over 6,500 builds crap. to Steam. Not major builds. The 15 major ones part of Time Capsule are uh, like the big updates. Uh, there's been 151 updates and hot fixes since early access. Uh, and, oh, it's a good one. There's 100 minutes of music in the game. There's 75,000 words. Uh, 110,000 unique art and audio assets. So it's a cool little infographic and a really interesting and heartfelt blog post. I'd encourage everyone to go read. And the poster for the game, I love when games make movie posters. I don't know how you feel about this, but it's a really sick movie poster they've made for this Chapter 3 story DLC. So go check it out. Yeah, it's a cool poster. I don't think I've ever really... uh, (laughs) I don't think I've really noticed when they make movie posters for games. Oh, man. Kojima (laughs) does it for every game, and I love it. Like, I don't... don't, I'm not a big fan of the games in particular, but I love how he, like, leans into... Like, this is a movie... Like, he puts the actors' names on the top, like a movie poster. Yeah. And frames it like a movie poster. And I I think for games that are really cinematic, like Kojima games and, like, the... Well, the Long Dark isn't even that cinematic. I played the the campaign on Xbox, and it is really just a survival... It's the survival mode with some more objectives and voice acting and uh, stuff on top of that. Is uh, it a is it a multiplayer game, or is it... It's single player, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, the single player... Uh, the other thing people don't know about the Long Dark that you don't really get from the trailer, it's a post-apocalypse game yeah i knew i knew that i've been told that but it's because i guess you're in the wilderness so you don't really kind of get the typical like fallen buildings and and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's really weird that and but you get some of that in like the environmental storytelling and the actual storytelling like the game starts with you you work as a um those little little float plane uh guys who flies those around to deliver supplies right and so even from the beginning like you can't tell anything's gone wrong in the real world until you start like going out and like you see like in the poster I'm looking at one of the, like those big jumbo jets has crashed so I bet you find one of those in the wilderness is like why did this go down was it flying when the the apocalypse hit do they talk uh, do they tell you what like the apocalypse is like is it was it like a virus that killed everyone was it is it zombies or something is it you know I'm sure they hit I didn't I didn't figure it out. Like, or, I'm sure or it's they, one of those they things do. they don't they don't say. Like it's just sort of, you know, like the road. the The world just ends. It doesn't actually kind of go into depth about it. The road is such a good book too. It but, is. Uh, but you don't know what happened uh, in the road, right? It's just yeah. It's just yeah. it's just you live in the post apocalypse now. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I could look it up on the the thing, but I wasn't able to put together from the story I played, so I don't think you're supposed to. Right. I'm uh, I've been getting hyped up for this a little bit actually, and and actually something that's kind of really impressive on that five year uh, 
stat page or whatever, 30 size of dev team as of September 2019. So the, the team today is 36 people. So you got to imagine it was much smaller, you know, two years ago when the game came out and they've sold 3.3 million units, which is uh, ridiculous for, you know, or really good for a team of, of that size. So he says in the blog post that, um, oh, sorry, I missed his name again. Um, I'm looking over right now. Raphael, yeah. So <laughs> Raphael says in the blog post that he's been working on the game since summer of 2012, like as his own project. Right. And then he got the funding and started the studio, and it's it's grown and blossomed ever since. Cool. Good for them. Yeah, I'm I'm getting hyped for this. The trophies, uh, you know, 1.96 percent of the players on PSN profiles have the platinum, Oof. so it's definitely yikes. Uh, a harder one, but uh, complete every challenge, open all. Yeah, I'm I'm getting hyped for this actually. I'm uh, okay. I've added it to my wish list. Um, maybe you it's can a get s- it physically too on a PS4 and Xbox One. I got a disc for Xbox. Oh, uh, let me actually. Um, what, what did I just want to check here? I don't remember. Cool. Um, actually, number four, we got one last one. Uh, before we, you know, we haven't even spoken about the, the big thing that we're both hyped about. But number four, Hybroxia, a retro space shooter, Hybroxia is out now on PlayStation 4, Vita, and Nintendo Switch. The Vita lives. Uh, blast your way through a myriad of extraterrestrial incursions in this arcade style scroller shooter. Pilot the ship Hybroxia through 15 levels featuring intense boss fights, rescue missions, shifting perspectives, and untold surprises. Customize your ship to enhance your abilities. Unlock the three endless side modes and save the galaxy from a series of sinister invaders. Uh, this is from Limo Games out here in Ontario. I actually don't know where specifically they are. I think Hamilton, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, and uh, there's a trailer on the site. But basically, it's like kind of a retro, you know, not a shoot 'em up you know, not crazy bullet hell sort of stuff. Um, a little more mundane than that. And uh, we actually know the next game that they're working on, um, for those that are familiar with Colin Moriarty, who is a podcaster uh, formerly of IGN and Kind of Funny Games. Now it does a kind of sacred symbols as a PlayStation PlayStation centric podcast. Uh, he said that Limo Games is actually working on a sacred symbols game, which is their PlayStation podcast. So I don't know what that entails, but he's mentioned it, so we actually know what their next game is. Uh, and you know, we'll have more on that whenever it comes out. Um, I, I've been eyeing this one for quite a while because I saw a bunch of retweets about it and stuff like that, uh, and I heard it's pretty it's like it's solid. So you know, it's on my wish list. Again, I'm just sort of very weary of the games I buy in October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> smart, smart. I'm just, I'm just waiting. So uh, I'll pick it up eventually. And you got to support the Vita. Everyone mm-hmm. who loves their Nintendo Switch now, you could have been playing a Nintendo Switch like six years ago when the Vita came out and was giving you Uncharted, but you didn't, and now it's dead. Viva la Vita. <laughs> and so here we are. This is the world. This I is the world supported world. my Vita. So, I bought games. So I, I bought it. I have a shit ton of games on Vita. Me like, too. Like an insane amount of games. Um, just because they went on sale quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, and you got all the PlayStation Plus ones, so I have so many of those. Yeah, I had, yeah, I, had, I had quite a bit. Um, and that's what happened. I think we were talking about this last episode where those PlayStation Plus games or those Xbox Live games, you just, just buy them, quote-unquote, um, when they go free because... You know, they might pay dividends for you later down the road. Like, mm-hmm. I bought my Vita about a year after it came out, and by that time, I had like I had like ten or twelve Vita games, uh, just from PlayStation Plus. So it was quite awesome and uh, quite the little system. Too bad Sony screwed it up so much. They did. And now we have the Nintendo Switch, which Nintendo is also screwing up, but seems to matter much less to people. It does. <laughs> 
Uh, that's it for the news. Oh, wait. I got one more. I just read today. We got one uh, more. They, they announced uh, Cuphead hit 5 million units sold this week, and it's on sale all week if you haven't picked it up. Oh, jeez. 5 yeah. million. 5 million. Holy crap. We were across just... <coughs> Nintendo Switch, PC, and Xbox One. And we were just talking about 3.3 million f- across a team of 36, which is still impressive and still great for them. I think Cuphead was made by like four people. Uh, it's a bit bigger than that. I think it's about sixteen. Oh, yeah, across they hired a bunch of programmers, some more artists, and after so after the but after Cuphead came out. Oh no no! Like during Cuphead, they had a, a much bigger team of freelancers oh, okay. working on it. Yeah, okay. I actually met some of them at uh, EJLX. Shout out to Kezia, one of the programmers. She's really cool, uh, and of course Chad and Jared Moldenhauer and. Oh, one of their wives, I mess this up every time, M- M- Maja Moldenhauer, she was one of the lead artists. Uh, they had other programmers, other 2D artists. Tina something was one of the artists. She's cool on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, it was a much bigger team than people think. Because like, all, all the interviews and stuff are like, oh, these two brothers with a vision made a game. And, and obviously it did start as that, but a big, bit, much bigger team got it across the finish line. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Learn something new every day. Yeah, and and the band was like twenty five, thirty musicians that did that massive uh, soundtrack. So yeah, true. They true. performed it live in Toronto, and I missed it. I really wanted to go, which would have been so cool. When did they do that? Uh, I was in September, like I think of my fourth year, so probably probably last September. Sure. sure. I re- I really wanted to go. Um. So that's all great. All these clean games, awesome. But you know what's mm-hmm. even better. What's even better, Steve? Uh, the Last of Us Two. Oof! Which, it got it was it happened this week. I know, I know. Uh, I, I so I didn't actually. I mean, this is not a Canadian game dev, but uh, or Canadian game at all. But we were kind of talking to each other, joking about it. there's probably at least one Canadian on the on the staff. And I found think. him. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, his name is Matthew Gallant, game designer at Naughty Dog, Canadian abroad, 2,000 followers on Twitter. So shout out to Matt, Canadian, <laughs> giving us an excuse to talk about this game. So I didn't actually, I watched the trailer and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, did you watch the trailer yet? Or no? I, I'm, on, I'm on Blackout, so I'm not watching trailers, reading previews, because I know I'm going to play it. And when I know I'm going to play it, I want to go in blind. But we can still talk about hype for it if you want. I'm I'm the same way to an extent. I'll watch the trailers. I won't read previews or anything like that. I heard that the, you know people got to play like two or three hours or something like that. There's no way I'm going to read about someone's opinions on on the first, on you know three hours of Last of Us Two. That's not mm-hmm. going to happen. Uh, but the trailers is dope. I mean, the game just looks like I'm now I'm on media blackout. I'm not going to watch anything more. I think all I've seen is the first trailer they showed, the gameplay footage uh, during E3 two years ago. Uh, and now this, I did watch that. Yeah. Yeah. And I've now, seen that. <laughs> and now this new trailer. So I, I'm so pumped for this game and actually PlayStation plus, we were just talking about like, it'll be last of us remastered will be the game next month. Uh, I'm excited to kind of dive back into it. Cause it's been a few years since Dude, I played. We should play multiplayer. I'm down. And yes. that was the big thing they announced, right? No multiplayer for no multiplayer. I got it. This will be the first Naughty Dog game since 2007. Without no, multiplayer? No, because you're not counting uh, Lost Legacy. Oh, okay, yeah. Lost no, Le- but that that still had... Um, it had Uncharted 4's multiplayer. Multiplayer, yeah. It's, it Point just, being, it'll be the first <laughs> main series Naughty Dog game in over 10 years without multiplayer. Uh, I see, I see. And they have such like a vibrant community. Like Just this past month, they shut down Uncharted 3, 
or yeah, and Last of Us PS3 servers. Yeah. And there was a, a bunch of people who went in for those last couple hours and just played a whole bunch of matches. And it's a very tight, active community, but obviously not big enough to make it worth it to keep the servers running. Yeah. But I think I think a lot of the backlash, at least on my Twitter, from people who were really excited about Last of Us multiplayer. I don't know if it's if it's justified because they're they're doing what they want to do. Obviously, single player is the focus. But I was personally pretty bummed because I love the multiplayer for The Last of Us. My I think what they're going to do because they don't have a big exclusive like multiplayer game. Um, mm. Sony, I'm talking about Sony in general. Mm. Like they've seemed to abandon Killzone, um, and you know, like they have a Days Gone and Horizon and whatever the hell Death Stranding is. They have a lot of these exclusives, uh, but they're all kind of just like third-person adventure games. So I think what they're going to do is PlayStation 5, either launch or near launch, is going to be they'll release like the Last of Us you know, 2 multiplayer. Um, I don't know what they'll call it. They'll, they might just call it like Last of Us Factions or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think they're like, they kind of hinted that, you know, the, the, the multiplayer portion of Last of Us isn't like abandoned. Like it's not totally gone. Uh, I gotta imagine, like, I, I think that's what they'll do. Like, the PlayStation Five will launch with like Last of Us multiplayer. Hmm. I think I don't know because it, it's a definitely good it's definitely something's happening, but it's it's coming at an awkward time, right? Last of Us was came at an awkward time too, where it's like right at the tail end of the system. Um, the difference though is that every PlayStation Five will be able to play PlayStation Four games, so. You can't really release like like for Last of Us they released like the remastered like a year and a half afterwards, but you can't really do that on PS5 games. Or, yeah, because you can just buy the PS4. Yeah, you can just of the Last of Us. Yeah, like you'll it. just be able to go on the store and just download it and buy it. Um, hmm. So I, I think they'll throw in the multiplayer. Forty dollars, you know. Here's multiplayer. Oh no! Please don't charge for it. You know, I'll buy it, but like it should be a part of the game. Like just uh, do an update, do a big big two point update. I don't think it'll be free though. No, but it'll, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. I think it'll be a it's going to be a separate game. Like it's it's going to be a separate thing. But who knows? It's an interesting theory. I could totally see that that happening. Yeah. Um, Maybe as a part of like the they always do that one off DLC like they did Left Behind for Last of Us, Lost Legacy for Uncharted Four, whatever the one off DLC comes with the multiplayer. Forty nine ninety nine dollar new game. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe because Lost Legacy, you know, was a single player game and it had Uncharted Four's multiplayer. But I'm sure there was a big patch or something that came with it. Maybe they'll do that too, where it's like, um, you know, the what was the Last of Us's DLC called again? The Left Behind. Left Behind, right? You just said that. Uh, it was it was really short. It was only like two hours, three hours, if I recall. I don't yeah, remember. it was very short. Uh, so they, but Lost Legacy was like eight to ten hours. Like it was definitely a beefier game. They might just do that. They might release like a f- four or five hour kind of single player thing, but tack on, you know, throw in the multiplayer or whatever. But I, I don't know. I think because they don't have a exclusive multiplayer game, I think you know they're going to piggyback off one of their franchises, mm-hmm. and you know, Killzone is not a marquee franchise to them anymore. Like not anymore. Uh, but Last of Us is, and so. It's really the kind of the only one that fits, you know, because mm-hmm. everything else is third person shooters. You're not going to make like a Days Gone like third person shoot like third person. Please don't. It would be so broken. <laughs> exactly. It would just it would just break on you. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. That's it for the Last of Us talk because you didn't watch then, so I don't I don't know. We don't have much to. I'm excited. I saw the 
people getting hyped that Joel's in it, and I guess I, I there's no way I could have made it to February without that. Um, yeah, so well, that spoiler because the the theory there was a theory that she he was in her head, and I loved that theory because yeah. like from the reveal, uh, like Joel walks into the the building while Ellie's, Ellie's playing the guitar, and there's all these dead people on the floor, and you never see his face; you only see the side of his head, the back of his head. And she's like, "What you doing, kiddo?" And uh, oh, it's so good. That 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 reveal was so good. Yeah. But there was a theory that he was like, kind of like an apparition in her head, kind of like if people played weird reference. But in the Arkham Knight, the Joker yeah. is just all in Batman's head, kind of like that is how I was picturing it. Yeah, exactly. But I, no, he's he's still alive and he's still, still kicking. Because also in that first trailer. There was the hint at like a revenge or whatever. Like she says, "I'm gonna kill." Them I'm gonna all. kill every last one of them. Yeah. So so it's like, Burr. oh, Joel's dead, and they killed him, and so this is her revenge path. They kind of threw that. That's out the too window. easy, Steve. That's too easy. I still think they might be messing with you a little bit. Like I still think, you know, they they threw a lot of curveballs in Uncharted One and Two at the end. You know, I I mm. still they they have it in them. They've done it in the past where they threw these kind of weird sort of storylines. I don't think they're gonna introduce supernatural stuff like he's literally well, they, they threw curveballs in the first last of us like i swear when joel fell off the balcony and died and ellie dragged his body out and then the cut to black and we're just ellie in the woods i was like joel's dead yeah. we're playing through the rest of the game as ellie like that's that's actually what i thought and then she's like oh, i need medicine i was like ah, oh, he's still alive but they, they threw curveballs in the first game so i could totally see them messing with us this time around I'm gonna I'm gonna take a week off this game. I already told Heather like once it you know once it's out, I'm you know renting an apartment or something, and just getting away. <laughs> just uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna game. take a. I used to take because usually my February game I would take my reading week and do that, but I don't have a reading week anymore. Yeah, you're now a big I'm, you're a big boy. I'm a big boy with a job that I have <laughs> to take time off from. So let's see. It comes out on a Thursday. Uh, no, it must come out on Friday. February twentieth, February February 21st. Oh yeah, that's a Friday. Perfect. So I have to beat it in three days. So that's my <laughs> that's my weekend because I, I will not be able to focus at work if I have not finished this game. I mean you could take off the Friday give yourself four days, take off the Friday and Monday. Mm, I think no, I can like oh, you don't even know. I can if I really commit, I can finish a game in like twenty four hours, no sleep. I've done that with several games. So I might do that. Just take the Friday, get the game. I have the Amazon order, so it'll get there Friday morning. Yeah, I think yeah. I'll just take the take the Friday, beat it, and then sleep all weekend. I pre-ordered that too, and I'm I'm scared because I've known a lot of people who pre-order these games, uh, and then they you know Amazon messes up and it's like a week delayed or some shit. And mm. uh, you know, yeah, I'm I've not- actually had that happen to me with new games. So yeah. that's not a that's not a not nothing to worry about. I'm, and I'm not doing that shit with Last of Us. So like, if if it's not at my doorstep, you know, Friday morning or whatever, uh, you know, I'm going to just download it. You want <laughs> you want you want a pro strat, Steve? You can keep this one. If you have an Amazon order and it's late, go to Walmart, buy the game new, keep the receipt, and then you return the Amazon copy. Get all your money back. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that you can keep that one. You know, Walmart fired my mom too, so I'm I'm happy to do that. Oh, but I can't do that with the collector's edition because they don't sell them at Walmart. So oh, because yeah, it's a steel, it's a steel box. Yeah. Um, so actually, hmm, that that strategy doesn't work. I lied to you. Oh shit. Hmm. It's quite the thing to ponder. I might. Uh, I don't know what to do. Anyways, that's it for Last of Us Two. Again, shout out to Matt. 
Canadian abroad working at Naughty Dog. Um, For giving us an excuse to talk <laughs> about this on a Canadian game podcast. Steve, what else have you been playing? Or why? Uh, so you haven't I, been playing Last of Us, but what have you been playing this week? Um, since we've talked, I have acquired the Untitled Goose game uh, we talked about before, and it's quite good. It's a honking good time. Uh, we just beat it today, actually. Me and my girlfriend played it. My girlfriend played it more than I did, um, which I've never... I can tell the game's good. I can tell she's liking it when we stopped playing, and then she's like, hey, can we play this again? I'm like, oh, okay. So this is this game struck a chord with you. And so she played through most of it. I kind of watched and helped her at parts. Um, and it's really fun. It's, it's so wholesome, and it's really well done. I was surprised how polished it is, because it looks like kind of a janky indie game, which I don't know is a great way to describe a game, but... It, it's really, really polished. There's a whole like um, soundtrack that that's really surprising. Like some really complicated piano going on, and uh, when you get seen, like the piano comes in really fast, and it, it, it's like a it's, I don't want to say classical piano. Maybe it is. I don't know my music genres very well, but it really adds something to it. Jake. Yeah. Jake, by now where you at? <laughs> you could tell you. Um, how how Untitled long? Goose game. How long of the how long's the game? Is it? Oh, it took a couple hours, maybe okay. like two, two to three, and we we were messing around too, just trying to troll the villagers, and it, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also been playing Link's Reawakening, which is what it should have been called, but it's not. It's just called Link's Awakening. <laughs> I, I hate I hate when they call games the exact same thing because then you have to put like bracket year, like Doom twenty sixteen, Tomb Raider twenty thirteen, oh yeah, God of War twenty eighteen. It's not um, it's not like. What am, I, what am I trying to say here? It's not renamed, uh, remastered, or anything like that. Nope, oh, yeah, it's it's, not. it's literally just the exact same name as the Game Boy game, which it's so easy. You call it Link's Reawakening, and and that's that's so clever. And they did that with a uh, um, Link Between Worlds was a remake of Link to the Past, and it had a different name. No, it wasn't. No, it was a it was a kind of a sequel. It wasn't a remake. This feels kind of... Eh, you're right, you're right. It is different, but I still think they should have called something else. Regardless, I've been playing that. I'm having uh, frame rate issues. I've heard... Kinda, yeah, I've heard that. It's kind of janky, which is really surprising from a Nintendo game, because say what you will about Nintendo's games. If they don't work for you, you don't enjoy them, but they, they're always, always really polished. Like, never... I never find bugs. They're always... Like, a really, really well-done product in that regard and mm-hmm. this is the first time like i'm hopping off of cliffs and like it starts to tear a little bit and i'm like oh that's that's really weird for a nintendo game hmm. but it is good and it's cute and it's um <laughs> they um <laughs> they kept the game boy like eight directions of motion so like it's not a smooth turn it's like a janky turn like you're using a d-pad <laughs> but the game looks like so high polished and, and new that that that's really funny and i like that they kept that and it's a lot of like little touches like that for anyone who's played Link's Awakening on the Game Boy. They'll notice that and they're like, "Oh, that that's really clever," and I like that. Did they? Um, um, is, is it? Uh, is it too? Do you find it too easy? I've heard that. Oh yeah, well. it, uh, it's very easy. But most, like, I would argue, a lot of the classic Zelda games are, and that might not jive with some people. But once you figure it out, it's it's really easy. the The first two dungeons I've done are really basic but i mean that's what they were working with on the game boy yeah so it is very easy you definitely don't play for a challenge i feel like um i feel like with zelda or zelda games and this is even goes across like with actually breath of the wild was pretty hard um i found it's like early on it's difficult because you are just kind of learning everything and you only have like three hearts or whatever 
and then as time goes on, it's you don't die, you die much less frequently because you mm-hmm. just have more arts. But they don't really balance; they never really balance the game for that. I found like it was always mm-hmm. I, like it's not like there's a level or anything like that. You just kind of you know have more literally more heart pieces, and the damage is still the same from enemies. Like so, I always found that even with Breath of the Wild, Orchid of Time, like it was always like the the earlier ones always kind of the earlier in the game. It's just the more challenging part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. Once you get enough hearts in Link's Awakening, it's not a challenge. And uh, Zelda was the first game I saw try and counter that, where the enemies that do respawn in areas you've been to are a lot stronger. Like, there's the white Bacoblins that have a lot more health. And yeah. The bigger... I think they're all Bacoblins. They just get more challenging. But it, even then, like once you hit max hearts and you have like an inventory full of full restoring... Uh, food it just isn't a challenge right right um, uh, and then also i'll say i've been playing a couple more apple arcade games been really loving apple arcade uh shout out to grindstone we talked about it a bit but it's next game from capybara the toronto-based indie studio behind uh, super time force and below and it's really good and i read an interesting vice piece about it kind of talking about how this game is an example of apple arcade's promise to deliver really quality mobile game experiences that would otherwise be corrupted by microtransactions and advertisements because it's a matching game and so instantly your guards up like oh no it's going to be like oh you want to restart for two gems 299 or watch an ad none of that it's super it's it's a complete game you just download it and you can play all the levels whenever you want there's no time gates and there's no three layers of currency to get things and it's not even a match game like other match games you kind of draw um you draw a path through the same colored enemies and then you you physically move around the screen killing them and then there's different objectives in each area it's really good i highly recommend it if you have an apple device and want to try your free month of apple arcade yeah i uh i did download it i played it for a little bit the thing with apple arcade i have quite a few games on here um, and I mentioned this in the podcast last time. It's just, I don't want to play these games really on my iPhone. Like the, the iPhone is meant like for me is this, you know, um, thing to just play these quick, like five minute games. And I don't mind the time gate stuff. Cause I usually don't play past the time gate shit anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's unfair to a lot of these games cause there are a lot of great games on the iPhone, but I just want to play it on my iPad. I just want to play it on a bigger thing, but I, I think I have too old of an iPad and also, when I'm on the subway, I can't play Apple Arcade games. And also, I find, because I listen to podcasts on the subway, when I go to Apple Arcade, it kind of uh, removes the podcast audio. It doesn't like... Yeah, a couple games do that. I haven't... I've played other games that don't do that, but oh, I've okay. noticed What the Golf does it. Yeah. Um, but I've played a, a couple other games that don't do it. You just have to drag your top down and restart the podcast. So I don't know what's up with that. It must be a setting they're just flipping, but... Hmm. It is annoying. I agree. My brother just told me he picked up the Sega Genesis Mini, which I'm quite excited about. Um, I've heard it's the best one of those like classic consoles redone. Yeah, I have a friend who also picked it up and was just like, "Dude, this thing's awesome." I I picked up. I had the SNES one and and I barely played it. And now ever since then, I've just kind of been like, eh, "I don't need these things." Like, I don't. I'm not gonna play it anyways. Like, if I don't play the SNES games on my Switch, like, I'm not gonna play any of these other ones for more than like a couple hours. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently the Sega Genesis one is really, really well done, which is good because there's always been really shitty Sega Genesis ones for a while. Their, uh, their booth at Gamescom was like a massive uh, Sega Genesis controller that you needed two people to play, and they had a massive TV in front of it with the games. And so it was really funny watching people play like Sonic and these old games where they like one of them took one side of the controller and it's all these oversized buttons and one of them took the other side and they were trying to do it. It was a really cool booth and I'm glad that the, the system turned out well because Sega got, Sega got done dirty. They, they, they lost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before I get into the games I've been playing, just a friendly reminder about our Patreon, uh, I just wrote or I just posted a uh, story from Tony White who is a uh, – Looking to join kind of the world of gaming journalism, she was a freelancer or sorry, recent graduate of Niagara College. College, uh, she was kind of did an internship uh, at two gaming studios out of Niagara, Fallen Squirrel and Creative Bites. She just kind of talks about her experience and stuff like that. Um, so that's up on Patreon right now. It'll go to kind of everyone on the site uh, probably by the time you're listening to this on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm really quite figured it out, so you can check that out. Plan on doing a couple more of these things. Um, just more respect from other people kind of in the industry from all walks of life, uh, whether they're kind of at the very beginning of their career like Tony is or, or kind of farther along. We have a few interviews lined up and stuff like that as well, um, mm-hmm. which we'll get on the site. Um, I think we've hyped them up before, uh, but, you know, let's let's wait till they're actually on the site, <laughs> I think, before we hype them up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can just get that uh, at patreon.com slash does as well as this podcast and other things. Um, I've been playing more Borderlands 3. Uh, it's you know it's still just more Borderlands. It's so annoying how shitty the menu is. Like how I've s- heard it's it's all it runs worse than the game. The game doesn't slow down. It might slow down, not enough for me to notice because I, I I don't really notice these things. But like I you know I have mods to my character that just whip grenades all over the time and does all these hectic things. I'm playing online with three other people and and very little slowdown. Then you pop up the menu and it just the system just throws up on itself. It's so weird. Like, I don't understand how they mess up a menu um, and why they, like, thought releasing it like that was fine, where they're just like, yeah, the game... Because you go in the menu quite a bit because you're getting new guns all the time, and it's gone to the point now where I just kind of roll with the same guns um, just because I didn't want to go into the menu. So much so that it, the game started to get stale for me, and I finally just, like, redid my character and, like, redid a lot of these guns and kind of have a different play style now and uh and sort of put a little bit more life into the game for me mm-hmm. pretty close to beating it i don't know if i'll platinum it because there's a lot of like like it's there's a lot of shit in this game that i just don't feel like doing after i beat it but we'll see uh i also mentioned it was my birthday tomorrow i, I kind of picked up world war z on sale uh on this because there was a flash sale this weekend uh it's basically left for dead but it's a third person shooter wait um, which game world war z oh i have heard of that how do you like it uh, it's all right. It's just it's again. It's just mindless. There isn't really much strategy to it. Like you know, when you fight the hordes in days days uh, gone, mm-hmm. you had a little more kind of strategy to it. There's like explosions and traps and shit like that you can do. Um, you know, World War Z doesn't really have that. It's just machine guns and and grenades and and your you know the people you're with. Um, so it's pretty it's pretty fun. You level it up is is cool because that's sort of the spin they kind of throw at it. That's different than Left 4 Dead. Um, and and I'm enjoying it. It's it you know it was released as a budget game. They put a lot of like kind of patches and stuff into it. Looking back at the history of the game, so I like it. I don't know. I, I, maybe I pulled the trigger on it a little bit too much. Like I, I think I bought it for like thirty five dollars. Maybe it's more of like a twenty dollar game to me, just because it's not really 
you know, something I'm thoroughly enjoying, but I still want to play more. Um, and, it, you know, it's it, I was just kind of in the mood. After Days Gone, I was still kind of in the mood of just, like, killing hordes of zombies. And if that's what you want to do, it's great for that. Um, but it's just not really... There's just not much, you know, strategy involved in it or, or just much, uh, like, you know, oomph in it. Like, it's just a pretty mindless shooter. Um, and because I joined the world of PC gaming been playing I played a little more World of Warcraft classic but I also played Civilization 6 uh, Heather got that for me for my birthday uh, and I started diving into that I have no idea what I'm doing I think I'm doing pretty well I have bar- barbarians at my doorstep all the time they are very aggressive in Civ 6 I've heard yeah uh, I, my friends told me that they basically just turn them off and they just don't even like deal with them um, I, th- I find now that if they if you just kind of have, I don't know how the AI works in this game, but if you just have warriors around, even if like, even if it's just one warrior that they would easily kill, they just kind of ignore you. Um, Mm -hmm. But if they, if you kind of mess them up. So I've, I've kind of now developed a nice little two cities and and I got a trade route going on. And I don't know, like I'm not explaining the game that well for people who haven't played civilization six, but it's, it's just like, it's definitely one of the nerdiest games I've ever seen in my life. Like there's, there's so much shit in this game. Um, and I'm sure I'm playing it either wrong or incorrectly. Are you having fun? But I am having fun. Then you're not playing it wrong. That's Great. the key takeaway. Oh, there you go. And I'm not very far into it. Like, I, I'm still in the first game. I did the tutorial end in my first game. I think I have, like, three hours or so played. Uh, it's definitely, my friend was telling me it'll be a good uh, baby game because basically it's turn-based, so I can just kind of do my turns and then pay attention to the baby for, for a bit and just leave the game running because nothing yeah. really will happen, so... I'm actually Civ, Civilization was one of the one of my favorite games, one of the only games that I played with my dad. So if you get really into Civ and your little kid grows up and you want to play together, that that might be a a good one for that. Although I'm sure you'll be interested in more games than my dad was, so maybe that wasn't a good example. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we joke because this because Heather's a gamer too, and a sport and like sports. So we we kind of wonder, like, imagine if our kid grows up not liking sports or games <laughs> just hates games <laughs> i would still love her obviously but it would just be like how did this happen <laughs> like the genetic mix was not in our favor <laughs> i mean my father wasn't a big gamer uh he was more you know my mom has definitely taken up kind of the games she plays like online euchre with her friends and stuff like that my father never really got into it but he was a big book nerd uh and so i i Part of me wonders if, like, that skipped the generation and that my daughter will just be a huge bookworm, which, uh, oh, no. you know, is fine as well. But, you know, maybe give her an e-reader or something. <laughs> Throw in a little tech or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I, you know, I'm full force in, in PC gaming. So if you got a game that you recommend, uh, you know, let me know. I'll add it to the wish list and all that stuff. So Hey, we can share our Steam libraries and you can just play all my games. How does how does that work? I've been we were trying to figure that out with uh, with Heather because we were fr- like we're not we weren't friends. We had to figure out how to be friends. She needed to spend more money in order to add friends, so we did that. Really? Yeah. If you it, she couldn't um, add me as a friend until she spent five USD in the store, and she bought the only game she bought was Sims Three when it was on sale for five dollars Canadian. So she had to spend like sixty cents or something like that. She ended up just buying the pets, uh, like the pets expansion on, on Sims. That's how they get you. That's how I know exactly. I'm like, what kind of so basically? Is that? Yeah, to add uh, to to share Steam libraries, we, I have to sign in on your computer and you have to sign in on my computer, and then um, 
yeah, you can play all my games as long as I'm not playing them currently is the rule. Like any game or just yeah, that, that any game? Any game in my whole library. Or, uh, sorry, specifically that game. Like if I'm playing a game, you can't play that game, but you can still play my other ones. Oh, but we yeah. had to be, you had to log into my computer though. Yeah, so yeah. We, we could we could set that up off air. Don't oh. worry about it. How do you, oh, like a remote desktop, you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I see, I see. All right, well, maybe... And then, and then you can share uh, Heather's library. I had a friend who did that um, for me when I, back when I when I was working at this one place, and he was a big PC guy. He was just like, just play PC games, just play PC games. I'm like, no, they're for nerds, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he finally just, like, I walked away from my computer. He just, like, went to my computer, just logged into his Steam on my computer, and just like, here you go. Here is, like, six or seven years of, like, PC games. Just, like, he had, like, 200 games or something like that. I, I played down to them. <laughs> like, I don't want oh to. no! <laughs> he was he was upset, <laughs> and he like took it away from me. And he was like, "Yeah, I just I just deleted that, or I just like disconnected it or whatever." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't even notice. I didn't do it." Oh no! But now I got a PC gaming laptop. It's not it's not like full beast mode, but it's it's good. It plays Civ Six at max everything. I don't know if that's a good uh, measuring stick or whatever, but it is. It's fine for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. That's it. That's it for the games this week that I've been playing. Again, uh, you can go to the site CanadianGameDevs.com. Just Google Canada Game Devs, uh, and you'll just kind of take it everywhere you need to go: Twitter, iTunes, whatever. Uh, if you like this podcast, maybe give us a review on iTunes. We we'll always appreciate that. Uh, if you can support us financially, that'd be great. Everything goes to the site uh, Patreon.com/CanadianGameDevs. Steven, is there any last remarks you want to give out? Uh. You got the last week to add all those PlayStation Plus and games with gold games and get the free Epic games, so do all that. Oh, what is the what is the Epic game this week? Ooh, it's all the Batman games. Oh, you get Arkham Batman? Asylum, Arkham City. Right. Oh, wait, I should check before I tell you that, because it's going to change tonight. Uh, we're, we're recording on Sunday. So by the time most people listen to this, it will have changed. So let me look up what the new ones are quick. But I always like to remind people, because it's just free games, and you never know. You don't even have to play them. Yeah, exactly. Um, for, for this week, it is loading. And a friendly reminder that Last of Us and MLB The Show 19 are the free PS Plus games. Oh, man. I haven't played a show game since, like, 14, so yeah, I should same. definitely pick that up. Same. I'm, I'm uh, actually... Everything. It's Have you seen the game Everything by David O'Reilly? No. Where, like, you point at anything in the world and you just turn into it. Like, it, it's a it's a wild game. Anyway, everything is free on the Epic Game Store, <laughs> which is weird to say. Not everything. The game's called everything, but uh, yeah, pick that up. It's 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 fun. It's a silly little game, but it, it's interesting. And and the thing I didn't expect is it, it's narrated in a really thought provoking way for this little like kind of look like a tech demo. But yeah, check it out. Cool. Uh, Seeing if people want to know what you're up to, follow you around, maybe stalk you a little bit. Where where, the, where can they do that? Uh, you can stalk me on Twitter at Stephen Riley, S T E P H A N, like Stefan, and then R E I L L Y, like Riley, I guess. But there's that's not a usual way to spell Riley. But yeah, catch me there. Uh, I'm also I work at Red Meat Games in Halifax, and I do some of their social media stuff. So you can find them at Red Meat Games on pretty much everything. Cool. Um, and yeah, this is the show again. Google can the game does. It'll take you where you need to go. And uh, Brett, we got. I don't know. I don't know if I already said this. I got a message from Brett, so he's alive and well. He's you know as we predicted. Oh good. Uh, he was just at the movies and didn't bother to tell us. What a chump! I know. What a guy. <laughs> he won't listen to this. He said he's told me he doesn't listen to the shows that he's not on. He listens to the ones that he is on. He just re-downloads them 
checks it out. So we can really say anything we want, especially at the end of the episode. He will definitely not make it this far. No, for sure. He'll he'll see how we introduced him. You know, if we made fun of him, give him a couple chops at the at the start of the show. He won't make it this far though. Anyways, we'll see you next week. Bye.